0: It's January 20th, 2013, and you're listening to the Architecture Happy Hour. I'm Laura. I'm Larry. And it's a two-drink minimum, so grab your glass and let's get started. Happy New Year, everybody! (laughs) Welcome back to the Architecture Happy Hour.
1: Yeah, we're kind of late, it's but still January. It's still January, yes. Yeah, no like we've big deal. rolled into February, and yeah, we're behind, behind. And we've been busy. It's not like we've just been sitting around twiddling our thumbs a lot.
0: Hey, there's some people who have already quit their New Year's resolution, so.
1: Yes, yes. And, and where I work out, there's not enough of them yet. It's <laughs> too crowded still. <laughs> too crowded. I'm like, who are all you people? And you should be out of here in a couple of weeks. That's just go. right. Go.
0: You know you're leaving. Just do it now.
1: Yeah, isn't that terrible? Yeah. Terrible, awful. <laughs> but now we've been just busy doing year and stuff and trying to get rocking and rolling for this year. It's been it's so, I think Laura and I have both come off of this kind of post holiday vacation kind of haze, yeah, I don't know very, how to explain it.
0: foggy yeah, foggy like, in my head.
1: Like I vaguely remember what it's like working here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, vacation must have worked. It must have done what it was supposed to do because I came back and it was probably at least three or four days of me just sitting here going, okay, I know I was really busy and stressed before I left. And now I can't remember why mm-hmm. and I should be doing something, but yeah. what what am I supposed to be doing?
1: <laughs> well, well and, and that's so funny. And, and Laura went to Park City, but I went to Key West, I mean, literally right at the end of the year. So I left on the 27th and came back on the 3rd. And to be honest, I've never been that relaxed. And I haven't been that way in a long time. Even going to New Orleans is fun, but I don't get that kind of as relaxed. And I didn't even, you know, I wasn't really thinking about work. I was sleeping in late. It was great. Right up until I think the Thursday, I don't know, the day after New Year's or New Year's Eve, I get a text message from Laura because the mail server's down. I'm like, I'm in Key West, what am I gonna do? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's Larry's fault because you ended up leaving without giving us all the IT people contacts. Yeah,
1: so. I know, I know, I know. Well, I took care of it, but that's the first work thing, and and to come back from that was just kind of like, okay, now I'm trying to get myself reoriented and what do we have to do to get rocking yeah. and rolling. I've been doing so much accounting. Ugh the things i don't tell you in architecture school. <laughs> oh, you love it. You oh, know you do. Yes, it's delightful, of course. <laughs> and then but it puts you in the best mood, by the way. Oh yeah, of course it does. I sure. Yeah, uh-huh. But <laughs> but Key West was fun. Um never been there before, and I was very impressed that they were able to land a 737 on the runway. I was like, "We're going to stop, right?" <laughs> <laughs> There's water all around. Well, yeah. Where do we if, go. If you look up and you, as once you're there and you're watching other planes land and there's these smaller and smaller planes and the occasional 737 and you stop at the end of the runway and sort of taxi over to the stair to go down and walk into the terminal. Um, I was like, wow, I'm really, really impressed that we were able to land, but at least it wasn't taking a little puddle jumper that, you know, it was <laughs> through the air. <laughs> But anyway, uh and it was fun, it was great. And the the so weird walking around because the architecture all reminded me of New Orleans. So mm-hmm. it felt very much at home. And we did the whole touristy kind of thing of we got on the balcony at the Bourbon Street pub and threw beads down to everybody, and which is thank God we did, because of looking down on the crowd, you didn't want to be you didn't want to be on the street. I mean at one point we were watching the crowd just kind of move on a you know Somebody started moving, and the whole crowd just kind of went with them. Oh. And there was one poor little girl who I swear she she wasn't didn't mean to move, but you just kind of went. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't fight the yeah. the flow. Yeah, I was going whether you wanted to or not. Oh,
0: so I was wow. kind of nice
1: being up on the balcony, but it was great. It was great to kind of relax that way. And of course, Laura was in Park City right before Christmas.
0: Yeah, my family lives in in Park City, Utah. So we went there. Uh, I guess on the twenty. 20- the 20th, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. yeah, it was a good four or five days before Christmas. And I got there in time. My sister and her family came. So uh, my niece, who's two and a half, and then our son, Matthew, who's uh, four, they, you know, the cousins got to hang out and learn what sharing's about because when you're an only, <laughs> uh, that's a little challenging. But, yeah. by the, you know, they didn't kill each other. So that was a, well, that's, that's a Christmas good. miracle. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was fine because, of course, my dad loves to just put, put up a huge tree and make a big deal about it. And we all have to ooh and on over the lights and um, the little reindeer out in the yard. And before the snow falls, he has to get in there, like, usually by October yeah. before it gets too deep. He's got to put lights on the trees and make sure they're operational. Otherwise, he's, you know, knee deep in snow trying to put on lights.
1: Oh, I hadn't thought about that.
0: Yeah, you can't really, ladders don't work so well when you don't know where the ground is. Yeah. Yeah. So he enjoys having all the, the kids home and, uh, you know, sons-in-laws and however. our
1: grandkids and. Right, the whole well, yeah. gang. And you guys got to have a white Christmas. Yeah, In all fairness, we, we did cool. too, but not, you know, that kind of a white Christmas.
0: Right. Well, and in fact, Dallas got a white Christmas. Yeah, we so had that like a. So that was an, kind of fun.
1: Inch and a half, two inches of snow. So of course everyone was going insane. It was, but it was it was kind of cool. It was nice. Yeah. Unless you were out driving in it. Yeah. And then it's blowing sideways, and you're like, <laughs> we're gonna die.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I hadn't been home in a couple years, so I always like to drive around and see all the mountain architecture because of course mm-hmm. Park City is a ski resort, and we were up at 6,500 feet. Uh, elevation. And so as you're driving around, it's different, of course, from where we are. So there was a lot of, in fact, I'm kind of tuned into craftsman style right now because we're working on a house that's similar, um, you know, using elements of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I had said, well, I th- maybe there will be some inspiration there that I can take some photos of. And as I drove around, I kept seeing these repeated details. But that's really interesting. I hadn't really noticed those, you know. Tim, glue lamb timber arches and um, lots of, tie, you know, steel tie rods yeah. and um, exposed connections and things like that. So it was kind of neat to look at it with that context in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, of course, you always see things differently when you're looking for something specifically.
1: Right. Right. So,
0: so that was fun. And then, of course, the sledding that we went and did with the kids and just all your regular snow
1: Snow stuff. Snow
0: activities. Yeah. It was fun.
1: Yeah, we had the good snow activities here trying to, you know, avoid people sliding across the freeway and uh
0: sport. What are you talking
1: about? We actually stopped at my dad's. We were coming back from my sister's and at my sister's it was fine until we got out to the car to go come home. And uh, oh look, there's a snowflake. It's like oh great. (laughs) And of course by the time we got to I think probably Five miles from our house, it was already starting to snow heavier. And closer we got to, to my dad's, which is on the way home, you know, by then it's blowing sideways. I'm like, my dad didn't expect us to stop by even. Well, so we, we whipped into the driveway and we're like, hi, stayed for 30 minutes and hopped in the car <laughs> and took off again. Sorry
0: to dash. We've so sort of go.
1: different snow activities in Dallas yeah. than you typically would have in, in Park City. Right. But that's, that's you know, all, all part of the fun. But you came back right after Christmas, Right.
0: Yeah, right about the 27th, so we were able to have New Year's here. That's cool. Which was nice to get to kind of relax and have some downtime before heading back to the office.
1: Right. Well, and we're always closed, usually between Christmas and New Year's anyway. And it's funny, that's the stuff I spent the last week and a half or so doing is the stuff I would normally do between Christmas and New Year's. And we got done in Key West, and I'm already thinking... I think we're going to go next year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this was a good thing. This is a good
1: thing. It's, it's kind of relaxing. And I would love to say we've been busy the last couple of weeks moving, but ha, 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 that's not... Surprise, surprise. surprise. Right. We haven't moved an inch. Yeah. In fact, we're having this debate about, do we go ahead and start packing? Should we not pack? We don't, we don't know. So someday.
0: Yeah. Well, and for those of you who might have missed our last podcast, our office, literally, the building is being torn down. So the management company is thankfully moving us just across the parking lot to another suite right here in our building complex. Mm. And we've been told we got the initial letter that we were being relocated back in June June June. of last year. And so we've just been in this constant limbo of which space do we get and what does it look like and are they going to approve the changes because, of course, they have to pay for the
1: the upgrades and the
0: finish out. Yeah, so that it's comparable to what we have now and – Legal well, this and contract that and lease this and finish
1: out that, and ugh it's... yeah, well, and the scary part for us now is that the only other people in our building move on February the second, so we will literally be the only people in this building oh, well, dear. actually the only people in the these three buildings it's right. just us, so it's kind of like
0: okay, <laughs> well they've and they have started construction, I mean we've seen progress over mm-hmm. in the space where we're going to be moving to except that there's no floor and they haven't redone the ceiling yeah, yeah. yet and there's no lighting, yeah. which half of that's coming from our existing space right now. Look at me using my architect talk Ex- yeah. existing yeah. fixtures right. yeah. to be removed and replaced <laughs> by gun Now. Yeah. So as soon as they go, okay, we're ready for electrical. We're going to go, Oh shoot. Yeah. Pack now in the next 30 minutes. Yeah. Cause they're about to rip out all our lights. Everyone and-
1: work from home. What are we going to do? Panic, panic. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Where's the surfer going? What, what happens to the plotter?
1: Yeah. So yeah. it should, it should be fun. Well, mm-hmm. and we'll let you know when we're podcasting from the news space, we were, we we're joking earlier that we should be podcasting from the HPD architecture TB ward because everyone's <laughs> been, had some sort of sinus or cold or something. And if you've, I mean, anybody following the news knows, you know, the flu's going around like crazy. We had two guys out at the job site who not only had the flu, but had bronchitis. So everyone yeah. was walking around the job site in mask. Oh boy. Yeah. So kind of crazy. But we didn't want to really just linger on all that. Yes. What we actually wanted to talk about today was the fact that, well, for a lot of you who know, January 1st was our five-year anniversary. Yay. So we've hit a milestone. So what we thought we'd talk about is some of the things we've actually learned in the last five years and whether we learned them the hard way, <laughs> <laughs> learned them maybe the easy way, somewhere in between, but just the things that we've picked up on that hopefully going forward we can build on and kind of... Uh, keep growing as a company
0: yeah I think a lot of these that we're going to be sharing are what has really been instrumental in making sure that we did survive the last five years because not only did we make it through we survived yeah because of obviously what the economy was doing and, right. and how badly hit architecture was in general yeah uh, so we certainly have have learned quite a few lessons that hopefully we can pass on
1: yeah well and probably the biggest thing we learned number one was just that the business of architecture isn't the business that we grew up in. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when I graduated graduated college, you know, there was one way of doing things. This is how you got clients. This is how the business ran. This is what the business model was. You got busy. You ramped up. You, you know, got slow. You laid people off, and none of that really applies anymore. Well, I mean, you know, it did
0: obviously because a lot of people were laid off. right,
1: but I mean, it's that sense of going forward.
0: Right. As we regroup.
1: Uh, yeah. As, as And as we were regrouping, it was realizing mm-hmm. that, you know, the business model has changed. The business of architecture has changed. How we go after clients has changed. I mean, there's just been this huge, huge leap, of course, and a big part of that being the social media aspect.
0: Mm-hmm. That, you know,
1: we're reaching clients in a different manner.
0: Well, and I was just thinking about this space that we're sitting in right now we from the very beginning picked this space at over 4000 square feet because we knew by the end of the year we would have 10 people yeah. and that we were going to we were immediately going to need employees and because we had this big huge project and as soon as you make plans Get ready for them to change, because three months in, we lost that big client, and we no longer needed ten people. Yeah. And within a year, we no longer needed our intern either. Right. So, um, yeah, things do change and can change quickly. So I'm looking, you know, at these desks that never really had people sitting in them because we had planned for a bigger office and then never needed it. Yeah. And now, as we're moving, we're actually downsizing you know what a thousand square feet less Yeah,
1: about a thousand square feet less yeah Yeah. which
0: is actually going to fit us really well now it'll it'll still be plenty of room but um a better fit for actually now us moving forward and like you said the business model has changed so what we're seeing now is that we are less likely to unfortunately less likely to bring on a full-time employee but maybe more flexible is that we have made lots of good contacts with um architects and interns who are maybe not employed or they have, I guess they're supplementing what they're doing right now, Mm -hmm. but they're able to work
1: contract is, is what we're doing. So we can, we can bring on the expertise that we need for certain projects and keep them going for maybe two or three or four months. And then, you know, they, with them knowing that it's not necessarily something permanent, but at the same time giving us the opportunity to sort of try them out Mm -hmm. because it, we never know. They could actually become a permanent part of the office. Yeah,
0: I actually would hope that we would be able to do that at some point and and grow our base. Yeah. Because um, right now it's the three of us, the three owners, doing all the drafting. Yeah. <laughs> and there are times when I would really love to hand off some drawings to somebody. Yeah. Um, and and that you know it works well if we can send them to them over email or whatever the case is, and and then have them work on them and send them back. But there is something about that collaborative in office. Environment that I don't want to lose, sure, sure. you know, with the people that we work with. So, anyway, but so we're adjusting, we're not absolutely sticking to the only thing we ever knew. We're saying, you know what, things are different, so let's look at this a little more closely and maybe from a different angle. Yeah, Um, and that's been serving us well for us to not be so stuck on what it used to be, right?
1: Well, and we were even talking about that um, as we were doing our board meeting for 2013, right? All three of us we were talking about how do we start approaching fee because, you know, we're so used to doing things a set way mm-hmm. that this is the year we start thinking about, okay, how do we actually start structuring fee to maybe more accurately reflect what the business model is and what the business environment is. So it's, it's, it's still evolving.
0: Yeah. In fact, cause we looked at, at how we, how we're compensated and we, we decided that, In the past, it had been really easy to get a a pretty good estimate on what the construction Mm -hmm. would cost because the the contractor would buy the materials and he could add up all the numbers, and it was pretty straightforward. But now, with all of the online shopping that's available, the clients are going out and buying half the stuff, Mm -hmm. so we can't really put a finger on what the actual construction budget is. And clients are being less and less willing to share that number with us. Haven't you seen that? Yeah,
1: yeah. And I think a lot of them sometimes aren't really sure themselves. You know, it used to be we could say, expect this much per square foot. Right. And that's not an easy thing to, to do anymore. You know, they're, they're looking to really stretch that money.
0: Oh, of course. And yeah, so it, is. it's
1: changed a lot. But part of the other, other aspect of the business model changing is that we've had to look at ourselves and about how we approach ourselves as architects and how we view ourselves as architects. Because one of the big things we've talked about in the past is doing sales training. And getting used to that idea that we're actually salespeople. And it's a huge mind shift from being always being told we're professionals. We're not used car salesmen, we're not hucksters. We're professional architects. And that's our that's a really rigid role. But
0: And if you do your work well, then the business will come. Right. And you shouldn't have to market and you shouldn't have to go out and ask for work. The it- referrals will just roll in if
1: you you do good work. Do you'll good get, design. Yeah, you'll get those jobs, and those jobs will generate more, you know, it just is on and on. But that has been the big change is to sort of really change the perception of ourselves so that when we're, you know, looking, and, looking at projects and meeting with clients, that we can kind of do what is number two on our list of the things we learned, which is, that it, you know, it's okay for us to say no to a job. And that's took a huge... I don't know, say leap of faith, but almost it was like this huge aha oh, ho, okay. We don't have to take every job that walks in the door.
0: Right. I think when we first started sales training, we were of the mindset that we would just have I and mean, even Holly's admitted to it, our other partner, that she would have butterflies before I mean she's got almost forty years mm. in the business. Right. And she would have butterflies before our first interview with a potential client. That she would want that job so badly and would be just devastated if we didn't get it and you know, the whole everything in her whole world rode on whether or not we got that client. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we realize, you know, we're interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing us. And if something doesn't click and it doesn't feel right, right. or we just don't think it's a good fit, mm-hmm. it is perfectly okay to say, yeah. you know, thank you. Well, and,
1: and it's hard to do in an in economy where, you know, sometimes the jobs are scarce and you think, I just need to work. Right. Well, and there we, we actually had a couple of jobs when I'm you know, looking back on now, I'm thinking, you know, we should have just said, no, we should have said, thank you. We appreciate the opportunity, but I don't think we're going to be a good fit for you.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it would probably would have saved us a little bit of heartache and a lot of heartache, a lot of, heartache, a lot of time, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, you live and learn. And that's one of those things that it took, took a while to figure out.
0: Yeah, and I think for for some um, you know, beginning small firms or or uh, sole proprietors who are just getting started, maybe there is some of that where you really do just need to get some work mm-hmm. on your resume. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: but but make sure that you're giving yourself, you're putting enough value on your own happiness. Right. To really say is this something that first of all that can I do my very best on this project yeah. cuz you're not going to get a good referral if you're stretched beyond what you can do, yeah, to serve them really well. Right. Um, but then also, yeah, I mean, quality of life. Right. Goodness sakes, well, if you're working with these people for months, yeah. don't be miserable.
1: Well, well, I forgot to tell you this when I got back. I was talking with an architect in Key West, another architect who's from Atlanta. And he was, I mean, I just, I left, left talking to him thinking, You are just a miserable human being. I mean, it just sounded, it sounds terrible to say that, but he is everything that would give an architect a bad name. Oh no. You know, the, I I don't know how many times I heard him say how much, oh, we just hate our clients, but we do the work anyway. And the important thing is about getting published. And I'm like, if every project you're doing, you're hating your clients, odds are that's probably coming through. And I thought, why are you taking the work? I mean, you should be happy about what you're doing. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's that quality of life. I'm like, it was just, it was so disappointing to talk to them. And I thought, wow, you know, you're not somebody that, <laughs> that I would even think about. If, if I was a client and I'd met with you, that's got to come through.
0: Yeah. You would think that yeah. they'd be picking up on that.
1: Yeah. So, so you know, so they grab them like, it's okay to say no, you don't have to take every job and you have to, you should like your clients. hmm so it was. It was for us. It was a a real eye opener, and there've been stuff that we've actually said no to. Mm-hmm. We've had the meeting and thought, you know, this is not going to be a good experience all the way around. They need to find someone else.
0: Well, and you know, I've been working with a coach this past year, and mm-hmm. with a life coach and business coach, and have made phenomenal leaps in just my understanding of kind of what my yeah, what yeah. drives me, my own strengths, and and sort of what criteria needs to be in a in an interaction, I guess, with a new client that in the very first meeting, I will know mm-hmm. very clearly whether or not this is going to be a relationship that I can connect with that, that will go forward and be yeah. a really good long-term client. Yeah. Uh, and at first I didn't trust that intuition. I didn't trust that little <laughs> voice. And now I'm really starting to go, you know what? That little voice is right every time. Yeah. And so the trick is just learning to trust 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 that that voice inside to go, you know, somebody, something about this guy is not rubbing me right, you know, and not believe that you can overcome that because you will, you'll turn into that guy in Key West Yeah, that (laughs) you're miserable and you're hating your client. And why did I do this? And it Mm -hmm. puts that bad feeling in your stomach. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want
1: that. Well, and, and of course, some of this about learning how to say no, then it's okay to say no and, and getting a feel for whether the client is really going to be a good fit for us is about the relationship with that client and knowing can we have that relationship. And part of that stems from what's number three for us is learning that relationships in the chemistry are going to make all the difference. I mean, all the difference in the world, either in a project or who you're getting referrals from. And of course, that comes from all the networking Stuff that we've been doing for the last three and a half years, two and a half years, something. Anyway, but, yeah, I mean, all the networking and the happy hour and making those relationships work and knowing, you know, these are going to be a good connection. So that sort of has spilled over into the client side of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think we are now experiencing that from – we can now look back at what that experience was in the very first meeting. hmm compared to what our ongoing relationship has been. And you can tell what was that little spark of something, that little chemistry in that very first meeting that gave us that hint that this was going to go really well.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and actually it really starts right here in our own office because I think in within the first 18 months, I think when we had, we had read that, uh, e-myth revisited Mm -hmm. book that we realized that each of the three of us, Holly and you and me, we each had our own special chemistry and the three of us together were such a strong team. We didn't, I'm not even sure we knew it starting out.
1: No, no. But
0: we discovered that we each had our own strengths and which made us a good team. We didn't have to be experts at everything. Right. We could be experts in our own On arena, specialty. yeah. So to speak. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, and of course, you know, the whole relationship thing with the happy hour people, you know, Mm -hmm. looking back at it, because we start the fourth year of the happy hour in February. And looking back at it, there are people who still come to the happy hour now that came at that very first one. Mm -hmm. They showed up at the very first happy hour and we see them consistently almost every single month. They're still involved because they've built a relationship with us. They built a relationship with the people in the group. And it just is sort of almost building on itself,
0: right, well, and that's the other thing too, is it does take time. Mm-hmm. I think now we're really starting to see the the fruits of our labor of a lot of interactions over time mm-hmm. So if you're in the sort of the early stages of a new business or you know of a new venture, give it time don't don't get too frustrated yeah. right off the bat because it will you can't go to one networking meeting and expect a referral right off right. the bat right.
1: Well, I think we hit the tipping point. What we called the, the bucket was starting to tip in mm-hmm. July. And it actually, even even sitting down, I don't know, I'm not sure who I was talking to. And they said, when did you guys start seeing business pick up? And I said, honestly, for us, it was May of 2011 was when we started seeing things happening. And it wasn't until July of last year that the sort of bucket tipped and things started yeah, really started of, ringing started and- ringing things started happening more and more. But it took it was two years of relationship building with a lot of people mm-hmm. to really get to that point, so give yourself time don't don 't get discouraged and and on on top of that, if you look at it the the fourth thing we wanted to really touch on was the idea that it may mean that you have to do the things that make you uncomfortable and something we learned I think when well probably when Laura set up the happy hour and Holly and mm-hmm. I are about to have panic attack because Oh, my gosh, how do we do a happy hour? How do we get people to come? And uh, 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 you yeah, mean,
0: Do we even know enough people, people to-, <laughs> to show
1: up? And what does it mean? And we don't know anything about network. I mean, the, and I'm sure Laura just sat across the table from us when she proposed this and was probably giggling internally because I'm sure the look on mine and Holly's face was exactly the same. And It was exactly that. Oh, my gosh, this is not something we would ever do yeah. as architects in the past, and it's just not something I'm really comfortable with. And here we are, you know, three years later, starting on our fourth year of the happy hour. That it's, We have over 1,200
0: members. Yeah. And it's like. It's unbelievable. Over, what, close to 100 people each month yeah, that come we, to the events.
1: Yeah. And, and it's so na- second nature to us now. Yeah. but It was one of those things that was so uncomfortable, the idea of it. But it's that pushing ahead. And it's helped, you know, it's the big professional side. It's really helped us grow. And on the personal end of it, you know, we're doing things now the speaking that Laura and I have been doing. Not something you would ever have gotten me to do in a million years. I mean, five years ago, nah. Nope, not going to do it. If you put me in front of an audience, I'm going to have a panic attack and probably pass out. (laughs) Well, and and I had
0: never done really any speaking in front of a group when I brought you that first First, call for presentations for Minnesota. And... I thought, you know what, what, what do you think? Let's give it a try. Yeah. You know, we might fall on our face, but it's Minnesota. We're never seeing these people again. (laughs) No big deal.
1: (laughs) True. Give it a try. True. But yeah, it's, it's sort of pushing yourself outside of that comfort zone and saying, okay, I know what these are. These are my strengths. I know what I'm really good at. What are the things I'm not good at that make me uncomfortable? That make me think, okay, this is what's, what's beyond my boundary right now.
0: Well, or maybe it's what have I not tried or ventured out into that I could use my strengths and put my strengths toward that activity. True. So, you know, don't go after something that you know you're already bad at and then hit your head against the wall about it. But if you think, you know, oh, I'm really good at running meetings, maybe I could extend that to a larger group. Yeah. You know, maybe you've never done that before, but you actually do have the skills to then – expand upon and well, make that a successful thing.
1: And we were doing goal setting stuff at the end of the year and they asked you what, what's outside your comfort zone. And oddly enough, one of the things outside of my comfort zone is being a leader. You know, i have always been sort of behind the scenes and I want to be the, you know, I'm obviously managing the mm-hmm. business end of it, the drafting, the detail guy, the figuring out how things work. That sort of has been my comfort area. And which is ironic because I'm sitting on the board for the Gay and Lesbian Chamber, and here probably another year or so, I'm going to actually have to make the decisions about being the board chair. And it's that you know, it's not something I'm, I'm comfortable doing. So how do I take everything I know and my strengths and really push myself into that position and do it well on top of that?
0: Right. Well, and actually I'm in that situation right now with the presidency of the IFDA, mm-hmm. the Texas chapter of the International Furnishings and Design Association. I had never been president of really anything, especially a design organization.
1: True.
0: And I did it last year and then I'm um, doing it again this year um, and I'm actually realizing that my presidency can be what fits me the best. What, you know, let me use my skills to be a president that works for me, not how somebody else would do it. Right. And, and that's actually been a realization I've just had at the end of last year was, you know, there are certain things that I dreaded doing. Like I cannot stand the word newsletter. (laughs) I, it, oh my gosh, it just makes me ache to my Mm -hmm. bones if I have to try to write a newsletter. But if you ask me to write a letter from the president, which is how I'm going to approach it this year Mm -hmm. and share a story or or just write something conversational, then I can get much more excited about that. Yeah. When it's really just semantics, it's just changing the name of it. But if yeah. I can approach it in a way that actually fits me better, yeah. so much more comfortable Yeah. and, you know, might actually be successful at it. So well, that's really cool. Yeah. So it, you really just have to look at it. If it's just putting that ache in your stomach, you just got to go, you know what, though, I am really good at storytelling. So maybe yeah. if I relate to these people with, you know, a metaphor or some kind of analogy that helps them understand what I'm trying to say. Oh, that's a lot easier than me trying to teach a class or, you know what I mean? Put it in a different form.
1: Well, I think that's probably what helped us with the speaking Mm -hmm. was that getting used to, it wasn't that we were having to give some scholarly presentation. Was it, it was that we were getting up there and telling a story and it was, you know, a lot of what we have talked about is what's happened to us. So it's a lot of our story. So we can sort of make those, we can talk about the, yes, the, the very serious points of it, but at the same time we can relate it back to what we've experienced and the things we found and what's worked for us and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I I think finally, really, the big thing out of all of this, and at least for me anyway, is that, you know, we've made it five years, we're you know doing all this stuff, but in the end of the end of the day, we just We can't take ourselves too seriously. I mean, yeah, yeah, we're architects, we're professionals. Good design is important. It's great to be running the business, but you know what? I can't run around with a stick up my butt and just taking myself so seriously that that I'm putting off this aura of, you know, we we get accused of, well, architecture's for the elite and it's this sort of stuffy. And and you know what? I don't have time for that. That's what I've learned is like I don't if if i start coming from that point of view it's probably going to shut down everything else that that has been so beneficial and so you know when you're when you're thinking about it yes be serious about your business and be serious about what you do as a craft but don't let yourself get so caught up in it that you're taking yourself too seriously because other people are going to kind of see that and, and it's going to be kind of off putting
0: right think. and i think we've learned that that certain energy attracts
1: Certain energy. Very similar energy. Mm
0: -hmm. And so if you're putting out some kind of energy that, like, for a client that you don't want to work with, Mm -hmm. don't put that energy out there. Yeah. You know, be yourself so that you attract people who are, you know, we like to work with fun clients. Right. So we're not going to run around be super serious because that's not the kind of client it's going to attract. Yeah. So I think we've learned, I mean, that was one of our goals from the very beginning was if we're going to do this, we're going to have fun. Yeah. We've been in enough offices where... That was not a priority, yeah, and it it made everything suffer. So that was definitely a priority that um, I, I'm so happy we've been able to maintain. Yeah, that I can say I enjoy coming to work and yeah. spending a little time around you guys. Well,
1: sure, sure, a little, a little would <laughs> do you. Yeah, no, and and I think a prime example of it is the podcast. I mean, when we started looking at doing the podcast, and we we're researching it we were like oh my holy oh wow (laughs) put me out of my misery yeah i'm like who's gonna listen to this for an hour i'm like oh no no even 30 minutes it was just yeah all we were finding
0: were it took us right back to being in history class in college like yeah total snoozeville yeah and
1: super serious and i thought no and all this tech
0: talk and yeah you know
1: yeah so it's 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 and it's paid off i mean paid off for us in that sense that you know we've We've been able to have fun. We've been able to relax. In fact, I was, oh my gosh, I was having lunch with a PR guy, and he and I were talking. He actually has done work for a couple of architecture firms, and I will not name names because I don't want to, you know, ruffle any feathers. But firm that he was doing PR for, their marketing person had changed their mission statement to say, it has the word should in it. And should's is a very negative connotation, And if you're looking at it from a PR perspective, because you're telling people this is what they should do. Mm -hmm. And we are so good at what we do that this is how you should do it. And he said, he told him, he said, guys, you cannot use it. You cannot use it. You cannot put that in there anywhere. It's going to, it's going to sound terrible. And he said, sure enough, they went ahead with it. And it's all over their marketing literature. And. The the downside being, he said, when he first went to work for them as a as a PR consultant, that they were this really down to earth firm, and they were so laid back, and it seemed like such a you know fun place to be, and and all of a sudden he said, I don't know what's happened in the last year, but here we are, and suddenly they're taking themselves really seriously, and of course, being who I am, I had to go look at the website and see if you know check out the website and see what the stuff was, and it reads like every pompous architect out there mm. you, that you – the negative image you would get of a really sort of pompous, full-of-myself architect. You're reading the descriptions about the type of architecture they do and their mission statement, and and you're like, who's going to read that and think, gosh, I want to go you know, be involved with those guys? I, I don't know. It just was – it's that super serious, and I thought I don't ever want to want to be at that point in my life where that's the image and that's what I'm putting out there.
0: I don't know. I guess there's room for all kinds, you know, in our industry and maybe that attracts the kind of client they're looking for. Very true. But yeah, if you're, if you're putting on this front. Yeah. To bring in something else. Yeah. I don't know. There's something I, I have definitely found value in being authentic.
1: Yeah.
0: And so that's, you know, that's the only way I know how to be. Yeah. Take it or leave it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm I'm the person that shows up into the office every day with in jeans. You know, this is com- mm-hmm. what's comfortable for me. And I don't need to wear a suit every day. And I don't need to have, you know, a tie on every day. It's just not, you know, that first meeting with a client, I want to look my best, obviously. So I dress to meet but the But you client. still don't wear a tie. I still don't wear a tie. And, and odds we never are, will. Odds are I'm going to walk in in the morning in jeans and then change 30 <laughs> minutes before my meeting. I, that's just the way, it, the way it is.
0: I know. And I've seen you come back after a meeting and you get those shoes off so fast. <laughs> get me back in my tennis yeah,
1: shoes. <laughs> right. So anyway, um, so that's really kind of what we've, you know, the five things we really wanted to touch on. And of course, there's a ton of other stuff that we've just picked up and kind of processed. But we could spend hours oh, probably talking about all yeah. that. So we're not going to, you know, wear you down with But it. that
0: requires more drinks. So Yeah
1: yeah and you, know, you can if you ever if you're here in Dallas and you ever get a chance to sit down with us or just kind of corner us off somewhere, you know oh, well, I'll talk your ear off about
0: yeah, it, yeah, don't get me started on marketing,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> so well, when I was doing that in Kentucky, I was talking to a couple of people, and I'm like so when one guy was actually just drilling me with questions about you know well, when you started the business, what about this, and what about this? And I'm like, okay, this kid who and kid he's twenty seven but to me he's you know he's a kid, um <laughs> Got it. I mean, he, he really knew that, you know, he's motivated. He knows where he wants to go. And, you know, he knew the questions to ask. And, of course, I'm just, you know, spilling my guts. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll do that. So so if you're here in Dallas and you come to the Architecture Happy Hour one day, I will have had probably a couple of cocktails. <laughs> Give me a accord, I'll tell you anything you want to know.
0: The third Wednesday of yeah, each month. third Check Wednesday.
1: And if you are here in Dallas and you come for the February happy hour, that's our it's our third anniversary, so it's going to be fun giving away door prizes and just celebrating with everybody that you know we've done this for three years and we're on to the fourth and there's no end in sight to it, it's really. It's so
0: amazing. I had no idea where this would take us when we no. tried it the first time.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and-,
0: and we've had people contact us now from other cities that are thinking about starting something similar and they want to know how we've done it.
1: Yeah. Well, and one of the guys from my, when I spoke in Kentucky, one of the guys I connected with and he's in Indianapolis, uh, he said, well, how did you guys start it and do it? And so I sent him this email about, you know, okay, this is how, how it lays out. And I'm writing the email going, Holy cow. (laughs) I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, I'm like, we do all of these things for every happy hour, every month. This is how it's, it's structured. And I just couldn't, couldn't believe it. And so it was interesting to send it out. And we've actually – um, we had two different emails for people who'd wanted to come in January. Three people from Houston who were going to come up.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And like five people from Oklahoma City who were going to drive down for the happy hour in January. What? But didn't get to because we had a, a mix-up with the date thing. And so hopefully in February, those people will come. So it's it's kind of interesting. Oh to, my gosh, that's exciting. To see didn't that happen. That. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow. Okay. Well, works for me. Okay.
0: Well, and I have to ask if you're, if you're listening, go on to Facebook and find the Architecture Happy Hour. That's Larry's Facebook business page, I guess you could call yeah. it. And we don't have that many likes and it's probably because you don't post very much. I, oh, don't. Shame don't, on you, don't Larry. me.
1: I'll start posting pictures from James's house. Research, how's that?
0: There we go. Yeah, exactly. But if we can get some more activity on that Facebook page, that would be fun because I know we've got a lot of we've got a ton of members on our Meetup page. We've just got to get those folks over, over to, the to the Facebook page talking, and right. we've got quite a few. Likes on our HPD architecture page, mm-hmm. which is actually the business. And of course we always forget to say that in the beginning, Yeah. that we are actually architects yes. and we are
1: a firm firm,
0: and we're here in Dallas and all those things. <laughs> all, all those silly funny, details. You, you get so used to kind of doing it,
1: but yeah. And of course we're on Facebook and well, it's just a Facebook.
0: Yeah. Facebook, Twitter, Twitter,
1: LinkedIn. We're looking Come at
0: find me on Pinterest. Yeah.
1: We're looking at getting onto Tumblr possibly. Mm-hmm. We're kind of, you know, throwing that around a little bit. Playing so,
0: with Howes. Yeah.
1: Well I was telling Laura I'm my partner and I are adding on to the house and I said, We were talking about material finishes last night. I said, well, why don't you go into Howes and, and look at some of the bathrooms there and see what you kinda like? He's like, Well what's Howes? I'm like, Oh no Oh,
0: and, do we dare open that Pandora's box? And we box. opened the
1: box, and <laughs> I was like, I have lost your attention for the rest of the evening. He's yeah. just flipping through the house. And Did you
0: have anything you needed to get done without him around? Because you could have done anything.
1: Uh, I probably could have set the house on fire.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he was so enthralled with the pictures. Yeah,
1: he he wouldn't have noticed, I think. So, yeah. If you
0: haven't discovered that site, it's H-O-U-Z-Z dot com, and it will just knock your socks off. Yeah. It's so cool.
1: iPhone, iPad, it's great, and it's amazing how many of our clients are using it, too, mm-hmm. to really start creating their idea books. And yeah,
0: we're going to be working this spring to get a few more projects documented, get them photographed, mm-hmm. and then we're going to have a – we'll have a HPD architecture profile on there. That's one of my goals, so mm-hmm. ready or not, another thing to yeah launch off into. Yeah,
1: yeah, ready, ready or not, here we come. Mm-hmm. So, well, we want to say thank you to everybody who's been listening to the podcast for the last three years or so, and uh, – Hopefully we'll see you or talk to you again in February.
0: Yeah, drop us a note on Facebook or Twitter and let us know what you think if you have questions or other topics mm-hmm. you'd like to hear discussed.
1: Or if you want to let us know what you've learned in the last five years, what's been working for you. We'd yeah. love to know that too, because it'd be great to be able to share that.
0: Yeah, and we'll be happy to mention you on the next podcast. Well, there we go. Yeah. All right.
1: Well, thanks everyone for listening and we'll talk to you again in February.
0: Okay, bye-bye.
1: Bye. Bye.